Well, tonight, producer Mike and I, we take uh, a look at the top two fantasy football players, Indianapolis Colts, Jonathan Taylor, and Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry. We try to determine who should be the first overall pick in your fantasy draft. Uh, we're also going to explore the loaded AFC West and try to figure out which quarterback will have the most success and gives you the most value. New England Patriot fans have been very down on Nikhil Harry, so tonight we're going to try to find a positive spin. We're going to ask the question, is Los Angeles Chargers running back Austin Eckler safe or risky? Picking him in the top three in fantasy. And in a dynasty fantasy league, which position is the most important keeper position? What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Dear Pass Nation podcast with Ray Route. My name is Ray Route. Appreciate y'all coming here. This podcast is a member of the Dean Blundell Podcast Network. Head on over to DeanBlundell.com. You can see everything that I'm doing over there. You can also check out some of our other uh, uh, members of the podcast, over 120 podcasts and content creators, I believe, at this moment. You can also go check out RayRoute.com. Find all my newest uh, content, updates, all that kind of stuff. Go download the Halftime app. Uh, very soon, you're going to get a lot of uh, exclusive content over there. Go to the Halftime app, search up RayRoute. You can also download the Newsbreak app or go to newsbreak.com, look up Ray Route, find the content that I'm putting over there. And uh, make sure you sign up for our Patreon page, patreon.com slash DPN Sports. Five bucks a month, you get direct access to me. Your comments and questions will be answered on every episode of the Dear Passenger Podcast. You get the live version of the show. And uh, almost every Friday, you get to come hang out with us on the Patreon Hangout. Go check it out, patreon.com slash Sports. Guys, big things are coming. Uh, really two huge opportunities coming my way. Uh, I am significantly increasing my partnership with the Dean Blundell Network. And uh, at the simultaneously, I'm significantly increasing my partnership with the Halftime app. So two really, really big things happening. Uh, like... We'll let you know what's going on really, really soon. Um, I'm sure you're starting to see a bit of the changes on the pod and that kind of thing and some of the content that we're bringing on. And nothing's really a secret right now. We've talked a lot about it publicly, but just we're some dotting some I's, crossing some T's, especially Dean Bundell Network, but we're ready to go full bore here. And I want to get ahead of everybody because the last time when I think I partnered up with the Colorcast app, or it could have been when I joined the Dean Bundell Network, I got a bunch of comments from people saying, oh, Ray sold out again, Ray's selling out. Listen, I produce sports digital media. That's the business that I'm in. I'm not an indie punk band from the 80s, okay? This isn't Joe Strummer singing, you know, Train in Vain. Are you staying by your man? Tell me something don't understand. Here's the way it works. If I wanted to do this just for fun and just a hobby and just do it for free, I would do like two, three videos a week. But like to come out and do like a podcast every single night, do separate videos, do the micro content, write the blogs, that type of thing. Uh, I do that because people pay me to do it. And Dean was basically like, hey, dude, we, we're, uh, we're talking to these sponsors who want to do some stuff. And this is kind of what we need. And I was like, yeah, am I going to get like, so like more money to do this? And he's like, yeah, we'll get you some more money to do this. And I was like, yeah, great. Let's, let's, let's expand this partnership. So 
I ain't selling out. I'm just, this is just my business, peeps. I'm not an I'm not a, a punk band. I can't sell out. Let's bring in uh, let's bring in the new shades, producer Mike. Michael, how you doing, bud? Good. I've officially sold out. You've officially gone. You've gone Hollywood. Yeah, I'm going Hollywood, boys. Even though, like, oh you God. have yet to be paid a cent for doing this show? I get paid a lot of zeros. We've been over this. Multiple zeros in my paycheck. Every once, every but once a week, I get a call from or a text <laughs> from Mike saying, you got to add an extra zero to my paycheck. I'm like, done. You got yes. it. Yes. How's life, man? Oh, not too bad. Not bad for a Tuesday. You know, doing the podcast with some guy on the internet. Are you excited about the changes to the podcast? I mean, I know you're not involved in the the other BS that I got to do, but you're involved in the podcast change. I did run it by you. I think you got a little scared last week when it was first uh, proposed to you. I think the way that it's evolved and, you know, what we talked about last night, uh, I think it's going to be good. I think the the other direction was a little scary for me personally. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, it wasn't, it was uh, not comforting for me either, but I'm excited. Uh, yeah. Dean's excited. In fact, he said, I'm, I think I'm, he said, I'm fucking stoked was his final words to me today. So yeah, the funniest part, the funniest part was when you're like, has he said anything yet? And I was like, no. <laughs> well, referring to me? Yeah. When you're like, has Dean said anything yet? Did he like the show? And oh, I was oh, like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh you know when we were we were doing the thing last night i'm like you know expecting like i would hear from you right away like oh he liked it he didn't like it hey he hasn't watched it he's busy and then i'm like i go back into corporate brain world and i'm like yeah he's the boss he's fucking he's super busy he's the godfather of podcast number one podcast network in canada did you know that wow what would that make him in the u.s like fifth Seriously, I'm not. I'm not. No, I don't know. I don't know. To be honest with you, there's some big ones. Like the yeah. I was supposed to join a a big podcast, American Podcast Network, at the same time that I was being uh, lured by the Dean Blundell Network, and I chose the Dean Blundell Network, and I think they were bigger than Dean, and they're not huge in this grand scheme of huge. Yeah, but it's it's. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like networks are different, right? Like like Lawrence is a part of the Believe in podcasts right but like it's a big network and they got like pro players on it and this and that but then like i see the analytics and i'm like that's it's big in numbers but the analytics aren't great where where with the dean blundell network it's the biggest because the analytics are through the roof like the right unreal the the amount of views and and stuff like a day and the amount of people who read my articles and hear the podcast and, and all that kind of stuff just blows what we do on anything i've ever done out of the water yeah and to anybody listening watching too it's like you know bear with us i you know we think you're gonna like the content a lot it allows us to be us i think is the best way we kind of put it it allows us to be us uh we still get to do a little bit of patriot stuff but we get to yeah we just get to be us but speaking of which we're already seven minutes in and we got a lot to talk about tonight so why don't we get into it okay let's go so i was thinking about this a lot today and i was thinking about if i had the first overall pick in our fantasy league again this year which you know i'm going to figure out a way to do it because i'm a cheater since you guys have accused me of being a cheater i'm going to continue to be a fucking cheater now i don't even care anymore like i'm gonna blatantly cheat yeah just embrace it i'm a patriots fan dude i was born to cheat exactly if you ain't cheating you ain't trying three time fantasy champion three in a row baby one thing the patriots could never do win three in a row i did it though oh yeah 
Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Um, so last year, as we all know, I took Christian McCaffrey first overall. We had that discussion on last night's pod. We talked about how that blew up in my face. Uh, yep. Thank God Francisco slept in and missed like three quarters of the draft. So he made yep. like a, a ton of just like whack of trades trying to build his team. Took Christian McCaffrey off my hands through his first injury. And I got a pretty good return um, that yep. ended up that that ended up really helping me down the stretch. So this year, I don't think Christian McCaffrey is going to go first overall. Uh, I th- you know, and really with fantasy owners, they always kind of like last year is always like the trend, right? Like who had this big breakout blowout year? I mean, I yeah. took T. Higgins pretty early because of what he did the previous year in fantasy, and he was okay in fantasy this year, but he wasn't what he was the year before. So this year you have to assume that it's going to be Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts, but then you also got like Derrick Henry. And when I was looking at some of the, the draft ratings today, sure enough, they talk about like uh, the, the tiers and the tier one for all, and it's not just running backs, it's all players. Uh, yes. Tier one is Jonathan Taylor one, Derrick Henry two, Austin Eckler three, and we are going to profile Austin Eckler a little bit later. So let's just stick with Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry. Because I okay. still think there's people out there. Like last year when I took Christian McCaffrey, I wasn't even a thought to me. I was just like, I'm taking McCaffrey. Yeah. Yep. However, there was guys who were trying to convince me to take Derrick Henry. Like, no, you got to take Derrick Henry first overall. So I figured this year it's going to be a no-brainer. Someone's going to take Jonathan Taylor because of everything he did last year. But there's people making the argument for Derrick Henry. So before we even look at the numbers, before we, we start comparing the stats, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry. Who are you picking? Are you do you think that Jonathan Taylor can sustain what he did last year and the numbers that he had last year? And let me just refresh last year's numbers for you. Sure. He ended up carrying the ball 332 times for 1,800 yards. He also caught 40 passes for 360, 20 total touchdowns. He was the number one fantasy player in football. Can he repeat what he did last year? Or are you expecting him to take some sort of step backwards this year? Um. I'm not expecting him to take a step backwards in the sense that I don't think he's going to be any less of a player. I'm thinking that Matt Ryan is going to elevate the passing offense a little bit more than Carson Wentz did. And um, I think they probably plan to add a weapon to that offense somewhere in the draft. I don't know if they can in- integrate it right away, but I, I I wouldn't expect a guy to get 300 carries and 1800 yards. Again, I think it's just unsustainable to put that amount of yards on a running back. So you you want to kind of give him a break you want to um oh what's the word i'm looking for they do it in basketball oh my goodness rest yeah they want to rest them they want to uh, keep pace rest management yeah rest management sorry brain fart <laughs> so are you if you had the first overall pick are you taking jonathan taylor or are you taking derrick henry i think i would still take De- derrick henry from a fantasy value point uh point of view Okay, so let's compare the stats because this was the part that got me. Honestly, at first, at face value, I was like, yeah, I'd probably take Derrick Henry. He's probably still the number one fantasy player. He ended up being, I mean, the guy only played eight games last year and was the 12th top fantasy scorer in the league, right? Eight games, 219 carries, 937 yards, had an additional 18 catches. He had 11 touchdowns, came in 12th. The year before, he was the number one. The year before that, number two. However, I want to point something out. So he's obviously Derrick Henry, older. Then Jonathan Taylor, running backs get beat up. Sometimes a running back gets an injury. They never come back the same. I, you know, Adrian Peterson came off that ACL. He was probably, he was better coming off yeah, that ACL. Yeah, he was better coming off the ACL. He, and he's like one of the rare exceptions, especially back then. Here's the thing, though. 
I think after two years, Jonathan Taylor has already proved that he's better than Derrick Henry, both on the field and from a fantasy perspective. Because I want to share these stats with you, okay? We could get sure. into his 1,000 yards, 1,500 yards, 2,000 yards, 12, 18, 17 touchdowns, 11 touchdowns. He was probably on pace for over 2,000 yards last year before he got hurt, right? Yep. Fine. Listen to this, though. Sure. 2016 averaged 4.5 yards per carry. Okay. 17, 4.2, 18, 4.9, 19, 5.1, 20, 25.4. Last season, this has nothing to do with injury, 4.3 yards per carry. So then you're like, okay, well, Jonathan Taylor, one year, one breakout year. Yeah. Dude had 1,100 yards the year before, average five yards per carry. Average 5.5 yards per carry year two. So I, that is, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Keep going. So I'm just looking at this going like, Okay. He's actually like it wasn't like he had a, a decent rookie season and then he had like had this like breakout year. He had yeah. eleven hundred yards as a rookie, and don't forget his rookie season, he was splitting snaps with Marlon Mack. Yeah, with Marlon Mack, yep. Where like and so he's not now last year he ran it for three hundred thirty two yards. I totally agree. They they gave him the, the, the Derrick Henry treatment, right? Like you're you know, they can't do that sustainably. However, I think you know, everybody kind of talked about how you know, Derrick Henry was the next Adrian Peterson. Yeah. I think the next Adrian Peterson's in Indianapolis. That's probably why I'm taking him first overall, even with Matt Ryan as their quarterback. I mean, that's fair because even if you, even if they do um, load manage was the word I was looking for before yes, load Jonathan. management, the Kawhi yes. Leonard load management. He invented yes. it. If, if they do load manage Jonathan Taylor at that point, he's probably still viable to get it about about the same amount of scoring as Derrick Henry. And I think he did prove to your point in retrospect that he's just as violent of a runner. Um, he, he is. I think that Derrick Henry, if he, if he goes back to normal, just normal, not better, not worse. And Mike Vrabel uses him the way he's been using him. Then yes, he maybe could score some more points, but I think that Tennessee learned the lesson last season when yes. he went down and realized, okay, we can still win without him, but it's a lot easier when he's on the field. And I think that you want to talk about load management. I think there might be some load management the other way yes, in Indianapolis so, or, or so, uh, in Tennessee. I mean, yeah. So let's, let's examine that aspect too, because Devonta Foreman, who was there in Tennessee basically looked like Derrick Henry behind that offensive line. So there could be some load management on the other end as well, which means Derrick Henry, they'll probably still try to get him about a thousand yards season if they have the option to, but yeah, I wouldn't see him going much over that because yeah, they're going to, they're going to attempt to load manage him as well. They don't want, they don't want their number one guy getting hurt and he's still their number one guy. All right. If you're a fantasy owner, throw us a tweet either at DPN underscore Ray or at producer underscore Mike, or you can just throw it right at the business account at Ray Route Web. And uh, let us know who you taking first overall. You taking Derrick Henry or are you taking Jonathan Taylor? But we're going to move on now because we're going to take a little bit of a look at that AFC West and more in particular the quarterback. So yesterday we were talking about Tom Brady. Him and Justin Herbert are both the favorites to win the regular season. Most passing yards are both plus 700. However, out of the top 12 quarterbacks in the league, four of them come out of the AFC West. And yeah. I, to me, they're all showing pretty good value maybe outside of Justin Herbert. So Justin Herbert is plus 700. Patrick yeah. Mahomes is plus 900. Uh, Derek Carr is plus 1,000. And Russell Wilson is fourth in the West with plus 1,800. Really? 
Yeah. And I think that's indication of, you know, a few weeks ago, I kind of ruffled some feathers when I was like, man, is Russell Wilson as good as we think he is? Like, yeah. we always kind of talk about Russell Wilson starting the season off, us making arguments that it should be MVP. Then he kind of falls off. And then I asked you and I asked a lot of people straight up. I'm like, how many star players took pay cuts to go play with Russell Wilson? And the answer was zero. Right. right. Unless it was like Josh Gordon after he was on his like 12th team in the, in yeah. the NFL. Which, yeah, don't really count that at all. So when I give you those values, though, plus 700 for Justin Herbert, plus 900 for Patrick Mahomes, plus 1,000 for Derek Carr, plus 1,800 for uh, Russell Wilson, uh, for those of you who aren't regular gamblers, plus 700 or whatever means that if I bet $100, I can win $700. Right. Um, so who do you think gives you the best value there? Is it Herbert, Carr, Mahomes, or Russell Wilson? I think it's Derek Carr. It's funny because you kind of mentioned it last night in passing and I stopped you because I knew that yeah. this was going to be a part of our, our topic today. And then I started thinking about it again. <laughs> I started like, and I was thinking about it all day today. I thought about it way too much. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, when you talk about the weapons that he has and when you compare it to some of the other guys on in, in that division, like, does Patrick Mah Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion, is still the best quarterback in the AFC West, but is he had the best weapons around him to have the most passing yards in the NFL? I'll I'll put it this way: even if they, even if Kansas City does all they can, trade up with the two two first round draft picks they have this year, they're probably still not going to be able to add a caliber of player that was Tyree Kill in this year maybe next year he can be back to normal but i think patrick mahomes is going to take a step back this year because of his weapons yeah or and lack thereof if we can take a second here i'm just i'm on pff right now i'm just pulling up sure uh the raiders wide receivers Devonte adams yep ranked number two in the nfl 92.7 offense with a 92.8 rating on receiving Hunter Renfro, 17th in the NFL, a 78.8. Um, they have Henry Ruggs listed here. We'll just we'll leave we'll leave yeah, that. Yeah, we'll leave that for another day. <laughs> and then and then you have Darren Waller on top of it at tight end. Yeah. So you've got a premier tight end. You've got two fantastic wide receivers, and you've got Derek Carr, who now has, I remind you, and I know this is going to drive you crazy, but you got Josh McDaniels as your I, head coach, who's an offensive-minded guy. Right, and I was just going to say that. So for as much as I crap on Josh McDaniels, even though he hasn't been a, a head coach in a while, this is a new system, you know, new team. I still think he he is probably more equipped for the job than um I'm sorry, his name escapes me, that went, went to Denver, the former Packers OC. I think he's more equipped, even though he has Russell Wilson. And I don't trust Brandon Staley in Los Angeles. I'm sorry, I just don't. I think he makes some boneheaded decisions. I think I'll pay credence to Bill Belichick here. I'm hoping that McDaniels learned enough from him, you know, the second time around that I expect Josh to make some pretty intelligent moves when it comes to certain things on the field. Yeah, it's funny because the Chargers are a good team. And let's face it, Justin Herbert's a good quarterback. I still I, I'm not gonna say he's the best in the division. I'm still saying Patrick Mahomes is the best in the division. However, yes, when I hear the names Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and even Austin Eckler, who I think had 70 catches last year, but he's a running back, DeAndre Carter, that doesn't strike the same fear to me as Hunter Renfro 
and Devontae Adams. It just doesn't. Like, I just don't sit there. And Darren Waller. Like, I just don't look at those comparisons and go like, yeah, that, those guys scare the hell out of me because they don't. And yeah. I think that in the West, and we kind of talked about this last night a little bit, but when we think about the West, they're going to cancel each other out a lot. Like, they all got to play each other. Six games, you're going to play between the West. You're going to play a good Raiders defense. You're going to play a good Denver defense. You're going to play an okay Kansas City defense, but I think an offense that may be a little bit more slower, a little bit more methodical now that Tyree Kill's not there. Right. I think that Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be one of the main targets, and that guy is an underneath receiver who's just going to slowly move the ball up the field. So because of that, Yep. Justin Herbert could be spending a long time sitting on the sidelines waiting for his defense to get Patrick Mahomes off the field. Well, here's the other thing too with the Chargers defense is as good as they are, and I know I know, you know, they added a weapons, they have JC Jackson now. I think adding the uh the Raiders have two pass rushers now. Having Max Crosby and having Chandler Jones uh next to each other. That to me is is still better than what what the Chargers have, and I don't. I actually, and you and I have talked about this. I don't trust J.C. Jackson to defend some of those weapons in the AFC West. I think I don't know if exposed is the right word. I think he's just going to be outmatched. Yeah, I don't think he's. I don't think exposed. Okay, he might be exposed for people who didn't pay attention to the Patriots the last couple of years. But I yeah. think for New England Patriot fans who have seen him get burnt by Stephon Diggs and burnt by some of those faster wide, but Jamison Crowder and some right. of those guys, I think that this isn't going to be exposure for us. Yeah, you know what? You're going to play teams like I'll say it, the New England Patriots. And he's going to be covering Kendrick Bourne or Jacoby Myers. And he's going to make a play on them. Or he's going to be on Devontae Parker. That would actually be a great matchup because that would be two physical guys going at it. He's going to ball hawk. He's probably going to pick off Mac Jones. But then they're going to go play Buffalo when Stephon Diggs is going to catch two passes on him and get 70, 80 yards on that game. We've seen it time and time again. He was not, and I I know it sounds like because I'm a patron, I know it sounds like I'm just shitting on jc jackson but i'm really not no he's he was a great and you and i had debates about it because you used to say oh he's ahead of you know he's progressed already he's already in a better spot than stefan gilmore was at his age but i don't think and that, that may be true in a lot of different aspects but i don't believe that he's ever going to be in consideration for defensive player of the year i don't ever think he's going to be that lockdown player because i think he's too fucking selfish to be real with you well, that that could be, and I, but the, again, this is why I'm using the word again outmatched as opposed to exposed. Is I don't even though I think he's on a better trajectory, and I still will maintain that than Stephon Gilmore was. It took Stephon Gilmore a while in one system to become the defensive player of the year. Now J.C. Jackson is switching systems, so I think it's going to take him at least another year to acclimate and elevate himself. I would be surprised if going to a new team, you're are going to be able to elevate yourself on that same trajectory and like you said being a ball hawk yeah you're a greedy player let's use Trayvon Diggs as an example he's a greedy player he goes for interceptions and lets up tons of yards and it drives me and here's the funny thing because I really do consider him and JC Jackson very similar Diggs lets up a few more yards than than Jackson but I've seen them very similar players and it's funny because Patriot fans just shit on the younger digs. 
right? Yes, they do. And yet JC Jackson was like they they were fucking outraged with Belichick that he let him go. Right. <laughs> so yeah, no, I agree. Let's 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 bring this back though, because we can sure. get into a whole Stephon Gilmore, JC Jackson debate. By the way, uh, it looks like Stephon Gilmore signing with the LA Rams. So oh, are, is he? Ring chasing over there, and that's that's actually probably a good spot for him because he's that's, got Jalen yeah. Ramsey over there. He doesn't have to take on the top guys. He's still good enough to lock down number two and number threes. I mean, he that's tough because do you want to throw on Ramsey or throw on Gilmore? Those are two, and you're throwing the, yeah, the lesser receivers on. This isn't him taking on Amari Cooper. This that's is him a taking scary on combo. Yeah, yeah, some of the weaker. So good for LA. Um, that really strengthens their defense. But okay, so I'm on PFF right now. Justin Herbert outranked everybody last year by a ton i don't know if you know that yeah his passing grade was an 86.2 patrick mahomes or sorry Derek carr was second in the nfl for passer rating uh behind justin herbert like in the division 77.5 patrick mahomes was a 76 and russell wilson who the savior of the denver broncos a 70.7 that doesn't surprise me. Russell Wilson did not have a great year last last year, and he was injured for quite a bit. So this is, we're not talking fantasy right now. We're going back to the most right. We're looking at value plus one thousand for Derek Carr to win the regular season most passing awards. Having Hunter Renfro, having Devontae Adams, having Darren Waller. Assuming that everybody's going to stay healthy. Assuming that Josh McDaniels is going to bring an element to the offense that that the Las Vegas Raiders haven't had assuming that nobody in Vegas is going to go to jail this season. Um, yeah, I've got no problems throwing a hundred bucks on Derek Carr right now. Um, I I love those odds. A hundred to a thousand. I think that's great value. I understand why Matthew Stafford, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Tom Brady and Herbert are ahead of him. Mm -hmm. However, this could be a year that Derek Carr really proves that he's the quarterback that, some people, and I'm not saying me, because a lot of times when I do that, I sarcastically do. It. I'm not saying me, yeah. But some people have advocated that Derek Carr is not this bum that maybe some people have uh, portrayed him, uh, both in the media and in, in fan bases. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be like I kept, I said yesterday. It's going to be a big prove it year for Derek Carr. You have again, you have weapons, and I keep saying it akin to like the 2007 Patriots here. I know. Uh, Devontae Adams isn't like the speed freak that Randy Moss was, but his, his ability to just stretch the field rega- regardless is, you know, second to maybe one or two in the league. And you got that. a D and you got a defense that's going to get you on and the you field. defense. Yep. They're, they're not, you're not going to be playing from behind because that's a big difference, right? Yeah. There's a big difference when you're playing from ahead and playing from behind. So no, I totally agree with you. Uh, let's move on here though. And I want to talk a little bit about the downside of the Patriots moving on from Nikhil Harry. And before you laugh, before you do anything, let me tell you how I got here today. Uh Oh, so yesterday we made the, the, the big switch in the podcast, the way we're doing some of our content and we realized we need to have a Patriots element in there. That's why people come here. They want to hear us talk Patriots. I'm like, all right, what Patriots story do you want to do? And I'm looking at a few things. And there are some options today. We want to talk about John Mechie meeting with the Patriots. And we want to talk about uh, Hunter Henry since 2018 being the third uh, best red zone tight end. Did we want to talk about Kendrick Bourne basically being a perfect catcher? Did we want to talk about Josh Uche being almost a perfect pass rusher when he's on the field? Or could we do something that, well, we don't really do here and actually be positive about something. And I wanted to talk about the downside of the Patriots moving on from Nikhil Harry because we know whether they release him, whether they trade him, whatever it happens, Nikhil Harry, we all assume, will not be a New England Patriot by the time this season finishes. So I want to get into this conversation. 
what element, in your opinion, are the Patriots losing by releasing or moving on from Nikhil Harry? Man, that's tough because I think they replaced it when they signed Devontae Parker. But hypothetically or speculatively, we can say this. They lost they lost a young talent to develop at that position. And that and it may sound weird to say that. Like, why aren't you talking about the player in the position? Because at this point, we should have had a guy that had about three or four years in the system. And regardless of the quarterback, your now young quarterback, Mac Jones, should have been able to rely on the number one that was Nikhil Harry. And now we're still searching for that guy is the best way I can put it. Yeah, you could have gotten Nikhil Harry going into, it would have been going into year four. He would have been established, but they still could have grown up together. That's the whole thing. They still could have grown up in the league together. Do you think, so here's what I think is going to happen. Here's what I think the downside is. Again, trying to stay to the positives. Yep. We're not going to talk about him fielding punts with his face. We're not going to talk about him just watching a ball float in the air in Indianapolis, intercepting it, and him doing fuck all to try to catch it. We're not going to talk about him uh, stutter stepping and not being able to catch passes, not being able to catch routes, not being able to run down the field. We're going to ignore all of that for a minute talk about what are the Patriots losing. Yeah. Um. Listen, his hallmark moment of his career, Nikhil Harry, that is, is going to be the day against the Cleveland Browns when he absolutely blew up Miles Garrett, who, in my opinion, is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, and blew him up at the line of scrimmage and put him flat on his back and just treated yes. him like a bitch, like, like he was a nobody. If he I'm Nikhil Harry, I am blowing that picture up, and I am posting that on my wall because that is my Super Bowl right there. That's my ring. That's my moment. That was my, my crown glory. Here's the one thing, and I'm not advocating my gosh am i not at oh my god relax people i am not advocating for the patriots to keep Nikhil harry i am on the get his ass out of town train sorry Nikhil, i've defended you for three years or two and a half years at least i can't fucking do it anymore but here's what i think the patriots can be losing you've got an offensive line that's questionable you've got a uh, a team who likes to lean on the running backs. You still have Ramondre Stevenson. You still have uh, Damian Harris. You still have James White. You still have Ty Montgomery. You got Jonu Smith now, who you think is going to be coming out of the backfield. And I don't think Devontae Parker is as good as a run blocker as Nikhil Harry was. And I just wonder if Nikhil Harry's absence will show up a little bit in the run game, especially with the question marks around Isaiah Wynn and maybe some of the interior guys with Shaq Mason gone and Ted Karras gone and obviously on Wienu taking one of those spots and more than likely a rookie uh, stepping into that interior uh, right guard position or left guard, depending on how Belichick wants to play it. I wonder if we will see a minimal impact on the Patriots run game this year. Yeah, I think we will. I think I think that's unquestioned. Like Nikhil clearly did have his purpose out there. They put him out there over Johnu Smith at some points to to block. So you know what? Like, let's give the kid his props where they're due. He he is a good blocking wide receiver, as Connor said. Can you think of anything else nice to say about Nikhil Harry? I mean, I'll go off on a little spiel that we did last year. Like, okay, I think this kid just got a bad start to the league. I think it it 
didn't help his development. And I think on top of that, I don't think the Patriots knew how to use him. I think he, they planned to redshirt him in year one, sit him down, get him acclimated to the system. That never happened. And then he, he's gotten some kind of bump or bruise every year that I think has kept him out of a significant amount of games when he should have had time to play and maybe would have had time to shine. So they haven't been able to rely on him either. That's a, that's another big thing. You can, again, talk about Devontae Parker's injuries, but Nikhil really has, hasn't been on the field that much either by comparison. So are you saying that Nikhil Harry could go to another team and be successful? Is that what you are laying on the table right now? That one day we're going to turn around and we're going to look at Nikhil Harry ripping it up for the LA Rams and say, hey, that could have been us. I mean, he could. I doubt it. I think the word success, you know, needs to have some air quotes around it. I think air quotes for other teams may be like five to six hundred yards. But again, if he could give that to the Patriots right now, I would I would call that uh, successful. Uh, listen, you talk about this all the time. Expectations, I think, overwhelm this kid. And um I think that I think that's it. I don't know if he's as hard of a worker as they thought he was either. I say this once in a while. You get little glimpses of what pay, uh, players do when they're off time on like their IG and stuff like that. And I think it gives the warm and fuzzies to some of us as, as a fan base. And a lot of the time I see Kendrick Bourne working out, for example. It makes me think that this kid is going to easily take the next step. He wants to be here. Half the time I see what Nikhil Harry's posting on his uh, IG feed and it's you know, him sitting lounging by the pool or, you know, at a, at a fashion show or something. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, did you see, uh, did you see Kendrick Bourne's weird flex today? No, he put out a tweak. I guess he's in Portland and it snowed in Portland. Oh yeah. Yeah. I did. So he took out a picture that he loves the cold because you can heat up, but you can't cool down. And I think it was, uh, Nick Bosa that wrote, what a weird flex. You, you flex (laughs) that you're good in the cold and you have a great house. (laughs) Or <laughs> what a humble brag. That's what he called it, a humble brag. Um, no, I listen, I'm not going to question anybody's work ethic because I don't know. I get what you're saying, but maybe Nikhil Harry is one of those guys that are like, hey, listen, Cam Newton puts out great videos about how hard he works. We could turn around right. and say, you know, is there anybody in the NFL at, at, you know, at this point that works harder than Cam Newton in the amount of effort that he puts in? I mean, hell, dude, I'm, I'll go a step further. Is there a quarterback who works? I mean, Colin Kaepernick looks like that guy works out for seven hours a day trying to keep himself in professional game shape. So I, I'm not going to question it because maybe Nikhil Harry is just a guy who's like, hey, man, I'm not going to put out videos of myself working out. I don't need that kind of hype. I'm going to flex my house, flex my pool, flex my bonus, what I do behind the scenes. So I'm not going to talk about that. He looks like he's in good shape when he's on the field. He doesn't look like he's, you know, sometimes a guy comes in and they look heavy. Vince Wilfork came in with look heavy. Like there's big yeah. and then there's big, right? They would look heavy. Uh Nikhil Harry to me never came in looking big. He always came in looking solid. He always came in like this. Here, and, and I'm I glad guess, you got. I, go oh, ahead, go I, ahead. I guess I'm just saying the optics of it, right? For a, a guy who's the fan optics, right? The fan optics for a player who's struggling. For let's be honest, a fan base that really they they've come to dislike you, but they want to love you, right? Like let's be honest, if he became that bona fide number one, and I'm not saying that's going to happen. It'd be the greatest story in history. It'd be the greatest story. Patriot fans would embrace that from from rags to riches sort of stories. Right. If if Nikhil Harry had come in last year and become that number one and finally elevated himself, again, like you said, rags to riches, New England finally would have had their their wide receiver. All these 
dispersions over Bill not being able to draft a wide receiver would have, you know, disappeared. But instead, we get the optics of you, you know, again, doing weird things when we as fans kind of want to see you working like Kendrick Bourne is. You know what I mean? So I got I got a question for you. Yep. Because this is a conversation, and we I have it in different different subject lines and different subject matters, but it, I think sure. it all works. Mm-hmm. Does Nikhil Harry or should Nikhil Harry give a fuck what the fans think? I mean, he doesn't have to at this point. I wish he did again. And I'm not saying he, I guess I, I let me be clear. I'm so not let me ask, does doesn't. any NFL player have to, and I know what the argument is going to be. Oh, we pay the salaries. We buy the jerseys. We buy right. the tickets. I've told you guys forever. Fuck you. You can threaten never to watch the game again. You're all going to turn it on on Sunday. You yeah. know what? I, re- I remember, oh, if the Patriots take a knee, I'll never turn the game back on. Well, you know what? The Patriots took a knee and they never had an open seat in that building. Right. I mean, so this is a good way to put this, right? Fans and teams demand loyalty, right? But when it comes time, a lot of the time, especially in New England, for a player to get paid, oh, you showed us a lot of loyalty, but we have to show you the door. And all of a sudden, the organization turns it back on the player. Well, the player was unreasonable. They weren't worth that amount of money. Well, you know, it's it's a two-way street is the best way to put it you know these guys these guys are working these guys are putting their bodies on the line for a living i agree i think is there give and take there yes but i I, to your point i i don't know i don't know how much loyalty means i guess it all depends on the individual yeah and this is where i will defend patriot fans though because they get mad at belichick like they got mad when gilmore left they got mad when jackson left i mean they do bill pay the man you know then you got the few bill belichick fanboys out there um who defend everything that bill belichick does but yeah it's um it's there so listen i'm gonna i gotta wrap this up and then we gotta get to our next our next subject line here but um what i'm gonna say about this is don't be mad at Nikhil harry don't be and i know that like a lot of patriot fans have have put their anger towards Nikhil harry it's not his fault that the patriots overvalued him and over evaluated him and where they took him it's not his fault that he was cho he did you expect him to stand up and say no i'm not a first rounder don't take me in the first round every player in the, I think every player should expect to go first overall. That should be every player's goal, no matter who they are, whether you're an undrafted free agent, a first-round pick, a second round. You should all think like, man, you didn't take me first overall. I'm going to make you pay. That's the kind of mentality we want. That's the Tom Brady mentality. Oh, yep. well, you guys passed me? Well, I'm going to fucking torture you for 25 fucking years because you didn't take me on your team. Oh, yep. Patriots, you let me walk after 20 years? I'm going to fucking torture you and win a Super Bowl because whatever. You didn't show me the respect that – I deserve um don't be be upset if you're going to be upset at Bill Belichick and I Nick Cesario and whoever was doing scouting and evaluations at that time um that's who's to blame okay guys don't forget you can check us out on patreon patreon.com slash dpn sports five bucks a month all your comments and questions that you want to throw on the show will be answered only one tonight and I swear to god Mike you fucking called this guy and told him what one of our subjects were because Alex Danio says do you think Derek Carr could be one of the best quarterbacks to take in the fantasy draft because of all the upgrades on his offense now this is a little bit of a different question 
because we said, Hey man, that's good value. I would put, you know, a hundred bucks on yeah. him to, on, on him to win the passing yards. Cause that's an eight, that's a thousand dollar payout for that. He's got all these weapons, um, taking him as your quarterback and your starting quarterback, which means your next guy is going to be a downgrade over Derek Carr for your fantasy team. That may be a little bit riskier than the hundred bucks in betting. Um, would you feel, okay. So you like him, you like his potential, but if you're drafting in fantasy, do you feel safe taking Derek Carr to be your starting quarterback? I, I wouldn't put him in my top five, I think is the best way to put it. So it's the best, it depends on where you're picking. If I was picking later in a draft, let's say out of 10 people, if I was picking nine, yeah, I might, if I was ninth overall, no, no, no. Just like if, oh, you mean like. If you're the ninth pick in the rounds. Okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So would I take him top five? No, I probably would still take like Josh Allen, uh, Justin Herbert probably because I think he, he's going to be more off to target probably, you know, one of two guys as opposed to, you know, Derek Carr is going to have three or four targets out there. So it gets down to the nitty gritty. I'm not going to say like I'm not going to crap on Derek Carr. I like him. I would consider him again, depending on where I was at this season. I don't like I could I could go through all the quarterbacks right now, but again, just easy way to put this. I, I do think he's a significant upgrade over where he was at last year. But I still don't think he's the best. You know, um I beat around the bush there like a pro. You did, you did. You didn't wanna you didn't want to commit and didn't want to not commit. Good for you. You stayed right in the middle. Yeah. Um no, I'm not taking him as my quarterback, to be honest with you. I'm looking at a Patrick Mahomes, a Josh Allen. By the way, Josh Allen is the only quarterback I would consider taking in the first round. You don't take quarterbacks yes. in the first round. However, I, I think if I was like Mike and I had like the ninth or tenth pick and it came down to me and the you know the the tier ones were off the table, I might take Josh Allen just to make sure I can secure him. Uh, especially since I'm going to flip in the next round and I'm going to have like the first or second pick in the second round, I probably would take Josh Allen in the first round. He's the only quarterback I would. Uh, but when I'm talking about quarterbacks that I want for fantasy, uh, I'm looking at guys like Aaron Rodgers. I'm looking at, uh, uh, yeah, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, obviously one of those guys. Yeah. I'm probably avoiding the Joe Burrows and Tom Brady's of the world, uh, even though those guys are fantastic players and they were for fantasy were great last year. But yeah. if, if Jamar Chase and T Higgins goes down, Joe Burrow's not going to run you. And, you know, he's not going to use his leg and get you the points. Tom Brady, the same thing. Where Josh Allen, even Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, obviously, Kyler Murray, those kind of guys, they can get you points in other ways. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Patrick Mahomes has been my quarterback in fantasy the last three years, and he hasn't done me wrong because he can pick up uh, – he picks up points another way. Um, I'm Like, again, I'm willing to bet on Derek Carr. I'm not willing to, from a fantasy perspective, to put them on my team. Thank you yeah. so much for your question, Alex. Okay, so I want to talk about Austin Eckler, profile him a little bit. Uh, yesterday sure. we profiled Christian McCaffrey. And at first, I didn't even think about this, but we couldn't, it was almost like a prelude to our profile today. And again, that's Los Angeles Chargers running back Austin Eckler because, uh, Mike, let me read you this little, little stat, okay, shall we? Because, um, Maybe uh, we're talking a little bit of a Christian McCaffrey-esque. 2017 rookie season plays all 16 games. Yep. 14 games in 2018. 16 games in 2019. 10 games in 2020. 16 games in 2021, which is actually a missed game uh, because of the 17-game right. season. Uh, listen, so I actually have already written an article about this that's going to go up on DeanBlundell.com. 
And what I wrote at the bottom of, the, of that is, though, at the end of the day, I have more faith and more confidence in Austin Eckler than I do in a Christian McCaffrey right now. Do I think a healthy Christian McCaffrey is the best? Yes. Better than Jonathan Taylor, better than Derrick Henry. He's going to get what he does on in, in the versatility he brings on both sides of the ball. However, you're talking six games in 2020 for Eckler two games in 2018, one game last year. He's played two complete seasons, much better opportunity of, of him yep. staying on the field. Um, I would have a backup for Eckler. I would try to find some value in the draft for him. Um, but if I'm the number three pick overall and Jonathan Taylor and uh, Derrick Henry are gone, I feel confident taking Austin Eckler as my number three. Now the question is, I would kind of say that last year was a bit of a breakout year for him, right? 206 attempts, 911 yards, 70 receptions, 647, 20 total touchdowns. Um, the receptions is not new. 92 catches in 2019, 54 catches in 2020, 70 catches in 2021. Um, but the running, the 911, the workhorse mentality, 206, maybe that's a Brandon Staley thing. Um, yep. I think having Justin Herbert as your quarterback obviously helps things. Yep. Uh, came second amongst all fantasy players last year, year before, 35th, year before that, 7th, year before that, 27th, year before that, 47th. So very, very wavy up and down. Well, uh, let's not forget to mention this too. They've been building that offensive line for the quarterback, and that's obviously going to help the running back as well. Yeah. So that that's a big component there as well. Do you have a concern though? taking a guy whose real breakout year came the fifth year in his career. I mean, we've always known he's been a good running back, but to to have the fantasy, at least the fantasy breakout, and and really the, the on-field breakout in year five, does that sound like a one-hit wonder to you, or is that somebody you're okay taking third overall? I would be okay. projected. I would, I would take him this year. I think he's a good pick for this year. Again, I think a lot of the Chargers players fly under the radar because – you know, they just they don't get a lot of attention. Keenan Allen, great receiver. Mike Williams, great receiver. Austin Eckler, great, great, you know, receiving back. Um, I would take him this year. I think that's fine. Um, you know, he is getting a little up there for a running back, but I think they're going to, again, we're, we'll use the word load manage. I think there's going to be a lot of threats on that offense. So I think I don't I don't think he's going to get, you know, 400 touches or 300 touches or something, something crazy. You know what I mean? You gotta love the different positions in the NFL because if he was a wide receiver at age twenty six, yeah, he would you know he would be just getting into his uh, prime. prime. Yeah, we're you talking know? about oh, like the old man's ready to retire. Oh, you know, Eckler, he's starting to get up there. He's twenty six years old now. <laughs> well, okay, so let's be fair, and we can relate this back to a Patriots element. James White's getting up there, and he he was looking like he was going to be pretty productive last year before a devastating injury. You know, Mac Jones was hitting them with the ball all the time. So yeah, it's true. You know, so. No, I can't get away. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same as you. I feel, I, I would feel very, very confident taking Eckler, especially because here's the tier two running backs. Mm -hmm. Dalvin cook. Again, the guy who I believe is the best running back in the NFL, but I cannot give him that title because he, he can't stay on the field, right? Like he at all his uh, let's look. I want to look. I never actually looked at this. Here's his entire career. He's played the same amount of time as Austin Eckler. Oh, boy. Four games in 2017. 11 in 2018. 
14 in 2019, 14 in 2020, 13 in 2021. And and he still finished 15th, 3rd, 5th, 31st, 65th amongst all fantasy players. Um, Yeah, dude, I mean, so that makes me nervous. Christian McCaffrey makes me nervous. Uh, As you know, I'm a huge fan of Cincinnati Bengals running back Joe Mixon. I was going to say Joe Mixon. Yeah, he always flies under the radar for most people. Really good. And outside of 2020, he stayed relatively healthy. But yep. I'm still probably taking Austin, Austin Eckler over Nixon. Yeah. Najee Harris. Uh, okay. Have you did you see Najee Harris's stats? Yeah, they're crazy. They're yeah. absolutely crazy. 307 for 1274 for 467 and 10. I knew he was good. I didn't realize he was that good. However, if Pittsburgh takes another receiver and they have Mitchell Trubisky back there. Do we see Najee Harris's numbers maybe take a little bit of a step back? Oh, they're going to take more than a little. Listen, that that dude got beat to hell last year. They put about twice as many carries on a running back as you should in, in a year, and that's that's being kind of conservative. He got he got double what like De- a Derrick Henry would in a full seventeen game season, and that's crazy. You'll you'll kill a kid like that. His legs will just you know, fall out from underneath them. So yeah, he's gonna he's he has to take a step back. That doesn't mean he's gonna get worse as a player, but we're talking fantasy value again. And then eight and nine round out with Nick Chubb and Javante Williams, uh two very serviceable running backs. Nick Chubb for the most part has stayed healthy. I think he was only out with COVID last year, if I'm not mistaken, or did he deal with a little bit of a I think of a, he might have dealt with a well. little bit a little bit of an injury as well. Cause I think he might have been out for right. almost Four, 14 games last year. Yeah. He, he played 14, only 12 in 2020. Yep. Um and then six then 18, 19 uh full years, of course. Uh the better Georgia quarterback according to most Patriots fans. But so when I look at yeah. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine yeah, Austin Eckler is number three to me. None of those guys, even though I think Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey are better, I don't have the same trust value that they're going to stay on the field and play as many games and help me the way Austin Eckler can. No, I don't. I don't think so. I think I think you're spot on there. And um, Javante Williams to me, even though he's a good running back, I just I don't know. There's not there's some something there. I I I have to see more for him to be like my main back. To me, he's still a, still a number two, so he's right where he kind of should be. All right, and now let's finish this off with another fantasy question because it's something I was so I was just looking. I was prepping the show today. I had a whole another subject I actually want to talk about, and then I made a click and I thought about this in a dynasty league or a keeper league, as people you know, whatever you call it. Yep. Outside of the quarterback position. What position do you is the most important keeper position in the league for you? Because like running back is the most important fantasy position, but do you feel safe just carrying a new, because running back is a position where you can look like Le'Veon Bell one year and then look like Le'Veon Bell the next, the next year. Yeah. So right now in the league, I think probably, Aside, you know, aside from if you want to do quarterbacks, maybe probably wide receiver. Because listen, if you're gonna pick a Devontae Adams, and yeah, I know DeAndre Hopkins was hurt the majority of the year last year, but if you have those two guys, they're gonna be just as valuable in the coming years draft. Devontae 
DeAndre Hopkins should be pretty much as valuable. He may have slipped a couple spots, but you don't expect a guy like that to play hurt two years in a row or get hurt like that two years in a row because, again, you just don't hope for things things like that. So, again, if you get one of those top-tier wide receivers, to me, those are the keepers. I'm going to say if you have a top five tight end, that's the one you never let go because the okay. drop off between the fifth best tight end in the league and the sixth best tight end in the league is actually significant. Yes. So let me talk, let me give you the PFFs top five, top five tight ends last year. Okay. And we'll look at the receiving grade. That's probably the most important thing to look at, right? Who do you think was number one? Last year, receiving grade. He's been number one for the last three years. Travis Kelsey. No, Mark Andrews. Really? Mark Andrews, yes. Oh, because he, yes, because he's the number one target on that team, period. They don't have a wide receiver. No, so people always look past Mark Andrews. He had a 91 receiving grade. 91. Yeah, that's pretty good. Dallas Goddard's number two had a 91.1 receiving grade. So he actually had a better receiving grade than Mark Andrews. George Kittle, number three, Mm 91.2. Travis Kelsey, 87.2. Kyle Pitts, and I expect this to be even better, even though he's got Marcus Mariota because he was a rookie, 82.3, fifth best tight end in the league, 80.3 overall offensive grade. Yeah. Dalton Schultz of the Cowboys was next. He had a 77.4. That's the drop-off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's where the drop off goes from the tight end position. So I think if you have one of the top five tight ends, which is Kyle Pitts, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Dallas Goddard, or Mark Andrews, and Don't you're down to go. like, man, I can only keep one more player and you got one of them and you have DeAndre Hopkins, dude, you can find another receiver in the draft that is going to match or at least make up for a lot of what DeAndre Hopkins can do to your fantasy team. Yeah. Um. Sorry, guys. Well, I mean, he's retired now, but Jack Doyle ain't going to make up for Mark Andrews. No, and I, I, you know, I wasn't, you know, my brain was someplace else. I was in wide receiver mode because of what we were talking about. But I even said it yesterday. I said I like to steal tight ends early and often. So last year, for you guys who don't know, I played, you know, or I did fantasy with you guys and ESPN doesn't allow you to flex tight ends. My strategy in my my other leagues on different platforms is I try to steal two tight ends early just for that reason. Two good tight oh, ends. because you can flex tight ends. Right, yes. you can flex a tight end and that that gives you some trade value potentially later in the league uh later in the year. I had the option. I hate flexing tight ends, so that's why I put it as the non So you sabotaged me. Got it. More well, I didn't know that was your, your threat. <laughs> but so here's I want to tell you that here's the big difference. So we just had Mark Andrews, and I'm gonna use our boy Lawrence Owen over from Colts Law. Go check him out. Follow him on Twitter at Colts underscore law. How often did we hear him talk about Mawali Cox? You're on mute, bud. All the time, all the time, and, and how great Mawali Cox is, right? Yep. One of one of the best tight ends in the league in his mind, right? Absolutely. Mawali Cox had a sixty-six point four offensive rating, a fifty-nine point four receiving rating, good <laughs> run blocker, seventy-one point four. Okay, and I'm not I'm not doing that to call out Lawrence. I'm doing that to show my again, Mark Andrews ninety-one point five, Dallas Goddard ninety point seven, George Kittle ninety point seven, Travis Kelsey eighty-five, Kyle Pitts eighty. And yet, there's people out there that would take Mawali 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 Cox because they see what he does in Indy. However. The yes. drop off 
between those top tight ends. It's just, it's unreal. It's, it's huge. And again, we can relate this back to a Patriots thing really quick is Hunter Henry's a great receiving threat. I, I would take him as like my, and this is exactly what happened last year. My two tight ends got hurt. I ended up with Hunter Henry at the end of the year. Cause yeah, he's good for points, but he's not, he's not the number one guy. He's not the number two guy. You know what Ten, I mean? 10th rated tight end. According yeah. to PFF had a 72 rating. That's the guy that was going to save the Patriots offense. Only 30 points behind Mark Andrews. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in here to the Dear Pass Nation podcast with Ray Route. And that's my boy, co-host, producer Mike. Guys, don't forget to go check out the Dean Blundell Network over on DeanBlundell.com. Make sure you check out my website, RayRoute.com. See everything that we got going over there. Got the merch store, got the blogs, got the vlogs, got the everything. You can also find the podcast over there, all the different links. Or you can watch, listen to it right on the website. Go download the Halftime app. Find my content over on the Halftime app. Just look up Ray Route. Go download the Newsbreak app or go to Newsbreak.com. Look up Ray Route. See the content that I'm putting on over there. And uh, check out our Patreon page, five bucks a month. Patreon.com slash DPN Sports. Come to the Friday Night Hangout, which isn't going to be this week for Easter weekend. But we will be back next Friday. Friday up and running again 8 30 p.m eastern time two hours that's talking about football and uh, 8 30 mario 8 30 8 30 he'll be here at 7 is it 8 30 or 7 no 7 30 we start sorry 7 30 7 30 on fridays we start the hangout yeah and i uh, appreciate y'all and uh, never forget guys no matter who you are no matter what's going on in your life no matter where you are in the world you're all legit kid I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.